Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the No Name Sports Show, brought to you by the Strange Crew Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Evan Money. I know I've been doing this solo for a bit now, but that is okay. Uh, we are actually going to, just because of what happened, uh, literally ended just a few hours ago, the last of the playing games for the NBA playoffs. I figured it would be a great idea to go ahead and, now that the playoffs are set, talk about the playoffs and kind of my feedback on what's going to actually be happening. So, with that being said, um, we're going to get with just Trevor uh Probably probably after you hear this, probably the next episode you'll hear will be about the NHL playoffs. He'll go in depth on that. Um, looking forward to that. But the NBA playoffs start tomorrow or today. Yeah, today. I say tomorrow because I thought, you know, I'm still in the mode of like it's Friday, but it's not. It's officially Saturday. Um, so Saturday, April 15th. You'll be listening to this on the 15th, so... I'm kind of dumb for that. Anyway, uh, looking at it, the playoffs have already been set. So that is a uh, very exciting. Um, you know, so ironically, uh, you know, I was I was a little wrong on the play-in. Um, you know, the, the Hawks were able to make it in. Um at the seventh seed, and the Lakers were on the western side. Um, the Heat and the T Wolves took care of business tonight uh, to kind of sneak their way in. So uh, definitely exciting about that. Um, let's take a look at real quick uh, kind of how that went off. Um, so yeah, so tonight Miami. The first game up was Miami against Chicago. Um, Realistically, this was arguably probably one of the best representations of Miami's ability to just do next man up. Um, Jimmy Butler and Max Struess uh, both dropped in 31 points tonight. Uh, assist along, you know, with Tyler Hero's 12. Um, and that was really about it. I mean, you know, Kevin Love, Bam... Uh, Lowry, Caleb Martin were, <clears throat> were the only ones that, uh, really did much of anything noteworthy. Uh, like, and I mean by that, I just mean I'm putting up points. Um, very ran, like very tight ran ship, uh, by Eric Spolster in this game. Um, no Oladipo playing, no Duncan Robinson playing, no Cody Zeller playing or anything like that. So, uh, definitely very fortunate, you know, for the Heat to be able to put up, you know, 102 points, but then also to be able to hold the Bulls to 91 points in the game. You know, DeRozan and Levine played over 40 minutes um, a piece, which was definitely crazy. You know, DeRozan was able to drop in 26, um, but aside from that, you know, Levine with 15, Caruso with 16, uh, Colby White with 14, Vucevic with 12. And, you know, they also had somebody who just went scoreless and, and Patrick Beverly. Uh, so, I mean, that, you know, Beverly and Gabe Vincent kind of blocked each other out. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, realistically, this this game was definitely, you know, looking at at the where, you know, where it was at the end of the first half. Uh, you know, really Caruso looked like the only guy um, that was kind of giving DeRozan any kind of help. You know, Struess had 23 in the first half. Uh, so that's where, you know, the Heat definitely got a bulk of their work from. Um, definitely very, very good, uh, you know, as far as, you know, again, being able to step up. You know, at the end of the first half, you know, it was it was 49-44 Miami. Um, you know, and then in the second half is when Jimmy kind of became Jimmy. Um put up 22 points, uh, and that's where you saw, you know, a, only DeRozan by himself, you know, dropping in 16, you know, and realistically, it was it was the heat all the way at, at, at the real, like, when you're really, like, breaking it down, um, you know, the heat dominated both halves, um, I say dominated, they they were just they were just handling business, um, you know they they definitely put in work in the fourth quarter. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't like the Bulls were like out of it, but Jimmy and Struess were just they were going in making sure that they weren't going to lose the game. So. Uh, with that being said, you know, on to uh, the Timberwolves and the Thunder. Um, you know, the T-Wolves were basically got a lot of good production um, out of, you know, their starting five and uh, Kyle Anderson coming off of the bench, everybody in double figures. Uh, Gobert and Towns led the way with uh, 21 and 28, respectively. Both... Uh, put up double-digit rebounds, and um, they, you know, in all honesty, you add, like, that right there, I think, is enough to kind of dominate the game. Um, but then you add in the fact that Anthony Edwards also had 19 and 10 rebounds with his own double-double. That kind of, it shows what this team is capable of. Um, it shows that this team could be an absolute juggernaut if they really want to be that, I mean, they put up 120 points. Granted, it was against the OKC Thunder. Um, we're really, again, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out there all the time uh, and doing his thing. But Dort and Jalen Williams putting in 17 apiece. But the disappointing part right here, I think definitely for the Thunder, has to be Josh Giddy only dropping in six points. Um, for the Thunder, you know, I think this is this is a very interesting this is a very interesting exit um, because, I, I mean, with Giddy kind of being like a, a maybe, maybe best suited as a third option kind of guy, um, like a mid-level second option guy, um, if they get one more piece, you know, who knows what this team could do. I think they're just a couple of role players away from being able to utterly destroy things. Um, you know, the, the first half of this of, the, of this game, I mean, 
realistically, the T-Wolves had their foot on the gas and, and really just didn't let off at all. Um, you know, they were dominating from bell to bell, from whistle to bell to bell. Fighting terms, guys. Whistle to whistle. Um, so definitely very interesting there. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into talking about where that leads us now, and that leads us into actually the first round of the playoffs. I'm not going to hit these up uh, by the order in which they're going to be played. I'm literally just going to go th from the one seed matchup down to the, you know, down the bracket. Uh, so I'll do the one, the two, the three, the four, and uh, we'll do that. So let's start off with the Eastern Conference. The Bucks and the Heat. Now, looking at this matchup here, this definitely appears like it could be a one-sided matchup. Obviously, the Bucks are heavily favored uh, coming into this. Uh, <clears throat> as it stands right now, they, they basically are, are pretty much the clear-cut favorites to win um, entirely. Um seeing as they're the best team in the league right now. Uh, <clears throat> you know, from Milwaukee, I think the the biggest uh, the biggest challenge that they're going to have right now um, is just getting in their own way. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton is obviously day-to-day, -day, uh, but they have great bench help uh, with Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder. Um, you know... Uh, Connington and, and, uh, excuse me, Connington and Ingles, uh, they, they definitely appear to be like they're, I wouldn't say necessarily running it back. Um, but you know, when, when you look at what the way this team is, is set up, it's obviously everything's going through Giannis. Um, they by far beat beat the heat on almost like every aspect um except for you know the heat definitely average more steals a game and shoot a little bit about better free throws per game uh, um but when you're obviously looking at the two stars between Giannis and Jimmy Buckets Antetokounmpo is by far a better player um when you look at the secondaries if you take Middleton out of it Bam going up, basically going up against Drew Holiday. You have to have a little bit more faith uh, in Bam. Um, with Middleton, I, I still think you take Bam. But, you know, with Middleton and Holiday and Lopez, once you get to out, out, you know, outside of Adebayo and Butler, where do you go? Um, I think that's the, that's the main cause for concern here for the Heat. Um, Honestly, this is a, it, it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I don't know how much Brooke Lopez is going to play in this. Obviously, with Miami having kind of a smaller team, um, you know, you definitely, you're definitely hoping that, uh, you know, you're definitely hoping that the size advantage would, would kind of help you some, but it's not necessarily going to be the case. Um, you know, they... They've lost, uh, you know, looking at the season, the way that things lined up in the season, 
Um, you know, the teams split, they split the games. Um, <clears throat> the outcome of those, I don't really think plays a factor in this. Uh, you know, statistically, Giannis is basically doing everything for the team. Um, and really, Holiday has really kind of stepped up uh, in the absence of of Middleton this year. Um, you know, with with Brooke Lopez kind of helping fill out that uh, third man spot that usually Holiday would be in uh, if Middleton was healthy. Um, so definitely very interesting here. Um, you know, they, this team has definitely relied a lot on Grayson Allen stepping up. Uh, Bobby Portis being able to come in off the bench has been arguably one of the better players coming off of the bench, off of anybody's bench, really. But as much as I am a, uh, a Heat fan, I do have to say, in my opinion, um, I, I have the Bucks in, in, in five. I think Miami's going to be able to take away one. Uh, it's it's all going to be depending on what Butler uh, decides to do in this matchup, really. Um, if Butler comes out and acts like a pure savage, I don't think there's any question about it uh, that the Heat can definitely get one, maybe two games. Um, but with that being said, definitely very, definitely very rough here uh, for the Miami. It's up uphill battle, obviously. So moving on to the next. Uh, well, on to the next series that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, it was the number two and seven seed is the Celtics versus the Hawks. Hawks definitely surprised me in the play-in game. Um, just the way that they've been playing throughout the season has definitely been quite, quite uh, interesting. Um, now, although the Hawks do average more points than the Celtics, uh these teams are really close to being like even. So that shows you the, the gap um, between the two and the, you know, between teams at the top and teams at the bottom, um, you know, because even with, you know, just like the previous one where we talked about the one and eight, um, all of Miami's, you know, averages this season have been definitely, or definitely comparable uh, to everybody else in the top. So, you know, definitely not – I would not say that there's a weak conference at this point uh, like there has been in the past. Um, you know, looking at, you know, Boston right now, obviously the biggest concern is just how happy is Jason Tatum? How happy is Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown's come out recently kind of being on the fence about some things. Um, definitely not feeling uh, – definitely not – Definitely unsure about where he is going to be as far as, um, you know, wanting to return to the Celtics. Uh, no major injuries, really, um, for either team. You know, um, as far as Atlanta, I mean, sorry, I just I lost my train of thought there for a second. You know, as far as, <clears throat> as, far as Atlanta is concerned, I mean... You know, they they definitely showed um, some grit. Uh, you know, their shooting is definitely going to be one of the main causes for concern. Um, 
I, I wonder if, if it'll be a situation where Trey Young could maybe help shoot his way uh, out, uh, you know, or over, out, or what, I don't know. Shoot his way into a couple of wins uh, for uh, the Hawks here. Um, it's just really hard because, you know, <clears throat> when you think about it, um, the way that the Hawks <coughs> have looked against the Celtics this year, it's not been, uh, not been good at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking right now and I'm, I'm pretty sure I want to double check because I, I mean, I wrote this down, but I'm pretty sure that the Hawks have not beaten, at least in the series, like in the season, did not beat, uh, the Celtics at all. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about this. Um, you know, but in, in my opinion, you know, I'm I'm saying that the 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 Celtics are are going to be able to uh, probably take care of this one. I wouldn't say handedly. Um, I'm going to say that maybe just because of the turmoil um, that they have as far as you know team chemistry, and I wouldn't even say it's chemistry; it's just camaraderie. Uh, it's hard when you have a guy who kind of has that feeling that he wants his foot out of the door. Um, but I, I think that the Celtics are going to get this in six games. Um, so on to the 76ers and Nets. Now this one is a very interesting one because I don't think, um, you know, looking, looking at, you know, like the, uh, the regular season series, um, you know, I, I don't know if you, that's going to be enough to kind of tell what, <laughs> what this could be. Um, and the reason why I say that is, is because Brooklyn, although they, they didn't win a single game, um, you know, Brooklyn is almost a completely different team <laughs> now going into this. Uh, you know, where they, where these two teams stand, obviously at, you know, season averages, um, you know, you have one team being led by Embiid and then, you know, another team being led by, uh, you know, basically Bridges. Um, it, you can't even really look at season stats because the Nets were just a completely different team. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if we go, uh, look at it, I think, Kevin Durant still holds, you know, all the stats for, you know, the top stats for uh, <clears throat> the Nets. Um, as far as, you know, as far as the 76ers are concerned, bench depth, you know, bench help is definitely going to be a huge thing. Um, can Dwayne Denman and, and Paul Reed uh, and, and these guys, you know, come in and help alleviate some of the uh, – some of what's missed when Embiid is off the floor. And that's going to, I think, is going to be the big concern here is because uh, if they can't, um, you're relying definitely heavy on Embiid and uh, Harden to win. Um, with that being said, though, you know, I don't necessarily think that this is going to be an easy, easy matchup for the 76ers. Um 
mainly because the Nets definitely have, uh, we, we, you know, with Dinwiddie, with Bridges, with Johnson, with Claxton, um, they've got a relatively decent bench. It's going to be interesting. Like, it's not like they're going to just get steamrolled. Um, I think that they're going to put up a good fight. I think this is going to be Mikhail Bridges' kind of coming out party uh, to kind of see whether or not he can take that next step. Um, same with Cam Johnson. You know, he, he could definitely take a step into being, you know, the second best player on the team. You know, we know what Spencer Dinwiddie is. Uh, we know what Nick Claxton is going to be. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I think Harden and Bede basically put in the work, take care of business, and uh, get this done in really in a, in a sweep. I'm saying four games. Um, now on to what arguably might be the best and probably the most competitive matchup uh, in the East side. Um, you have the Cavaliers versus the Knicks. Uh, <clears throat> Cavaliers obviously being led by Donovan Mitchell. Knicks obviously being led by, realistically, Julius Randle. Um, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, with with kind of what we have seen, these teams are pretty well evenly stacked um, against each other. Uh, they have definitely gone... Uh, kind of gone not exactly the way that either team, like their seasons haven't gone the way that they thought they were going to. Um, trying to th trying to think there, you know, I can't remember last year what the, well, I know Cleveland last year was in the play and adding Donovan Mitchell obviously definitely helped. Um, you know, as far as the, regular season series you know new york has the advantage uh in that but with that being said donovan mitchell's donovan mitchell um i think him and garland definitely take the cake as far as uh being the best duo potentially the best duo uh, you know, backcourt in, in the, in the NBA. Um, I know a lot of people would say like, you know, Stephen Clay, uh, you know, CP and, and, and Booker, but, but my big reason why is because Mitchell and Garland are both, you know, Mitchell's in his prime right now. Garland's coming up on his prime, um, it's dev I, I feel like it's hard to kind of count against them. Uh, where they're going to hurt the most, obviously, is going to be on, you know, their, their depth on the wing. Uh, Okoro right now uh, appears to be out, and that's a huge loss for him. Karis LeVert is kind of really their only man uh, that they, they've got um, that has seen, you know, decent amount of playing time. Obviously, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are, you know, too young beast down in the you know down in the post um with that being said you know the wing depth i think is definitely going to hurt them uh in the playoffs 
Um, so that that's my kind of only concern for them. Uh, now, moving on to, you know, the Knicks. Uh, like I said, they're being led by Julius Randle, who's still out. Um, <sighs> Sorry, I had to get a drink. Yeah, who, Julius Randle, who's obviously, um, you know, he's out. Um, he, he may not play in game one. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Obi Toppin will definitely step into that role for them. Uh, with with Brunson and Grimes and, and quickly, I think they they match up well uh, with um, they match up well as far as speed wise, you know with <clears throat> with Mitchell and Garland. Um, the big X factor here, really, honestly, is going to be RJ Barrett. Um, the Knicks play better without without Barrett in the lineup. Uh, they could probably make the argument for why they shouldn't play. RJ, um, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's time to give up on the RJ Barrett experiment. Um, a part of me says no, you know, because I, I just, I feel bad for the kid, but, uh, another part of me says that maybe you should, you know, uh, your team seems to be doing a lot better. You've invested a lot of time in him already. He's had plenty of opportunities to play. And I think that this right here is going to be a series where he's got to show that he can actually play. You know, um, as hard as it is to say to count against, you know, Donovan Mitchell, um, I think the Knicks eke this out in seven games. Uh, I think once Randall comes back, he becomes such a nuisance uh, for Mobley to deal with. I think that I think once the Cavaliers add some bench help, uh, you know, it, it'd be a better look for him. So um, I could be completely wrong. I was wrong about the playing games. So you know, obviously this my word is not it. I'm just, but I've, I've got this strange feeling that R.J. Barrett is going to have to show up and look like the guy that they drafted. So. Uh, that being said, that that's the first round for the East. Um, let's move on to the West. So moving on to the West, we have the Denver Nuggets against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you know, their, their averages are about, about even, um, really, really, really close. Um, you know, one team obviously has Nikola Jokic, and the other team obviously has a trio of of stars. But really, it's led by Anthony Edwards. Um, with Denver, uh, Denver to me is kind of an enigma because they definitely don't present like a strong uh, presence as a number one. Like, Jokic is obviously phenomenal. Um, and, you know, Jamal Murray <clears throat> is is amazing. 
uh, when he's around. Um, the real question here is, is, is what are you going to get from Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr.? Um, when this team decides to slow down and rely on Jokic uh, defensively, I feel like is where they could get hurt. Um, you know, the, this Timberwolves team, it's a very fast-paced team. Uh, definitely can be. Um, but you're going to have to see a lot out of Aaron Gordon in this, I feel like, or Michael Porter Jr. Um, so I think the big thing here is, is, you know, when you look at, like, the season series, they've split. Um, so I, I wonder what is going to come of that. Uh, I think the, the Timberwolves here showed how explosive they can be. I think the big problem is going to be what kind of Gobert-Towns combo are you going to get? Are you going to get what they had tonight where they just blatantly asserted their dominance? Um, the nice part about this is is that they basically have two guys that you can throw at, at Jokic basically all night. Uh, Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson um, and Jalen Noel, are, I, I think, are going to be great coming off of the bench. Um, and being able to kind of play with that, you know, hey, let's slow down Michael Porter will definitely help. Um, it's not like Michael Porter is an automatic bucket, um, at this point anymore. You know, uh, he used to be back in high school, but that's a long time ago and that was high school. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards and Conley, you know, going basically who, you know, you're, you're probably going to throw Conley, uh, or sorry, Edwards on, on Murray. Um, but if you throw Conley on Murray, it's not like a, you're losing a bunch. Um, I think that's going to be a tough one for, for the Nuggets to do. Um, as long as, you know, the T-Wolves keep playing the way that they, they did tonight, um, I don't know, but I mean, I'm 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 taking the Nuggets in, in six, um, and you know we're kind of going from there. So, uh, moving on to the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. Now, this one for me, this is kind of one of those weird ones where, excuse me, where I would love to be able to count on KD and or KD AD and LeBron, but I can't, you know. Um, I think that for the Lakers right now, their floor spacing is definitely probably one of the worst in the league. Uh, they don't actually have a whole lot of great shooting out there. Um, yes, LeBron can hit every now and then, but is he a for sure like three point shot? No. Um, same with AD. It's not like AD is out there. Like, he can hit, but it's not a guaranteed thing. Um, I know they did take two games against uh, against Memphis this year. But it, it, it it's definitely rough when you think about it for them. Um, 
As far as Memphis, I mean, realistically, how do you stop Ja? Um, Ja's obviously going to need some help from some of the role players out there. Will Jaron Jackson finally make that move into all-star status? Um, which I'm pretty harsh about star, superstar, all-star. I think the rankings are a little bit overhyped. Uh, there's only a few superstars. But I can talk about that at a different time. Sorry. Need a drink every now and then. For me, though, I mean, it, <sighs> this is a hard one to pick. I think with the the team that I saw and the play-in against Minnesota, um, I have no confidence in the Lakers right now. Um, obviously, I know LeBron is LeBron, AD is AD. Um, the big part of that is, is I mean, you know, the Grizzlies outside of Stephen Adams uh, <clears throat> is 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 healthy, um, and you know. So it's not like they're going to have him, uh, which does hurt uh, to some extent. Um, you know, the Lakers are coming in relatively healthy. With that being said, again, it's not, you know, that's not like, that's not saying much. AD could get hurt at any point. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell and, you know, Malik Beasley and, and Lonnie Walker are definitely kind of not exactly trusted in the playoffs, especially Russell. Reeves and Vanderbilt, you know, this is going to be kind of a test for them. Um, you know, although the Lakers look like they could be, they maybe could be placed at, you know, the top of the league. Uh, it's definitely going to be rough. Um, I got Memphis going in seven games. I think this is going to be a lot tighter than what most people are getting. Um, but yeah, that's where that's that's where I'm going with it. Um, I just I I see Memphis making a good push, and uh, you know, hopefully they keep they keep things rolling. So um, on to the next matchup. You have the uh, Kings versus the Warriors. Now, the Kings have definitely been uh, one of the most surprising teams um, in the league this year. Um, you know, they're, obviously their biggest weakness is, is that they really don't play defense very well. Um, and, you know, looking at looking at what the Warriors have always kind of done is, hey, you have to beat us by scoring. Um, I think that, I believe, yeah, the, the Kings have only actually beaten the Warriors this season once. Um, where's that at? I, I didn't write down the, the score of that game. But it was 122 to 115. And, <laughs> you know, it, I don't know. They're definitely going to be hurting, um, I think, in this one. Um, I don't think that this Kings team is ready yet. They are very close with Fox and, and Sabonis leading the way for them. Um, 
they do have, you know, Harrison Barnes is day to day. Uh, so, you know, for them, that is definitely a good thing. Hopefully that he can play. Um, they definitely are going to need it. Uh, but the big problem is, is that they got to go against, you know, the Warriors who can score with the best of them. And the Warriors are all healthy right now. So, uh, for me, I, I think this is an easy one. I think the Warriors take this uh, in six games. No sweat. Uh, no problem. Uh, lastly, uh, the <clears throat> Suns versus the Clippers. Well, this is a definitely a weird one. So for Phoenix, I think their biggest issue right now is going to be how well have they gelled? Uh, the regular season series between these teams, you know, in my opinion, doesn't really play a factor in this. You know, KD coming in at trade deadline, um, not really a big deal. Um, but, I mean, if we're looking at matchup per, you know, matchup per matchup, um, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. Um, and the reason why I say it's going to be interesting is because, excuse me, both of these teams are in a weird spot. Like for, for when you think about it, uh, It's almost like either you win or you start to blow up the investment that you made. So, you know, for me, I think matchups are going to be huge here. Um, obviously, with, with Chris Paul and Westbrook, I think that's a pick em. Westbrook at any point could go off for fucking 30 at, at any given night. Chris Paul is just... Uh, epitome of consistency but i know that doesn't translate when he's in the playoffs paul george right now is out um and they have already said that they won't rush him back um so in in, in my opinion that puts in either you know terrence mann or eric gordon um into that spot um and obviously booker is definitely way better. If it was Paul George, I definitely think that the Booker-George matchup would be a very fun one to watch. Um, Clippers obviously have the advantage at, at small forward with, with Kawhi. Um, but realistically, Kawhi is going to be playing against Durant. Um, so that's going to be a, a, a great pick em. Um <clears throat> DeAndre Aiden... Going against Zubak, <coughs> ironically, is a lot closer than I think a lot of people believe. Zubak's actually a very good, consistent player. And Aiden, although he was drafted number one overall, is, in my opinion, a little bit overrated. I think people put him up a little bit too high for some reason. Well, I mean, I know why. It's because he was number one, but... He does play a factor in some of the Suns' success, but also... He's kind of been kind of a letdown. Um, 
based on where he was drafted at, as opposed to Zubak, who's a great surprise for where he was drafted at. They, in my opinion, are both relatively... Uh, Zubak's a, a, a pretty above-average um, center, where Aiden is like a above above average center just depends on the night so realistically that leaves you down to the one spot where you have to wonder um <clears throat> you know well guys like you know man and and Covington and Powell and Batum uh, be able to help the Clippers get over this little hump uh, will Payne and, and Ross and Craig and Warren be able to do that for uh, the Suns? And um, I think this is just, you know, this is probably, again, another great matchup here. Um, just like the 4-5 uh, over in... Um, Jesus. 4-5 over in the East... Um, you know, in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm picking Phoenix to win this. Um, I think with the injury to Paul George, Kawhi's been, I don't know what Kawhi's been doing all year. Um, I think that Booker and KD will find a way to get it done. And I think that'll be really good. I think it'll be a good thing for them. Um, I'm picking the Suns in, in seven games. Um, I do think it'll be a tight series, but not, not one that, you could definitely be like, oh, yeah, the Clippers got, like, I got faith going into it. Unless Paul George makes a return, and then we'll see. We'll see how desperate they actually get. But uh, with that being said, I want to say I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, again, tune in here in a little while, either tomorrow or later on today, uh, to hear about the NHL playoffs where Just Trevor will get into that. So with that being said, we love you guys. We will see you guys in the next one. Later. Peace.